Oh my God, my legs asleep. Welcome to another episode of Let's Rewatch, the show where we like to watch movies we loved in our youth and see if they're actually any good. I'm Nick. I'm Brett. I'm Sam. I'm Ash. Am I in this? <laughs> no. And we have a special guest. Uh, welcome, Matt Young. Hi, Hi. Uh, I'm Matt Young from Hello from the Magic Tavern. So you're from Magic Tavern and you've got a bunch of podcasts going on. Yeah, I've been doing the improvised Star Trek podcast for about six years where I play uh, the captain of the USS Sisyphus. Uh, it's a comedic take on the Star Trek universe. Uh, and I am Captain Julius Valentine Baxter. Uh, and then I, this year I did an eight episode series called The Probe that's a satirical take on uh, a sort of news magazine type podcasts like Serial. Oh. Oh, great. And the first the first season follows a student council election as if it was the most important thing in the world. So it's kind of got a Christopher Guest vibe, kind of mixed with cereal. It's it's really fun. Uh, and then of course, Hello from the Magic Tavern, which got uh, which we moved over to Airwolf this year, and we're about to hit our hundredth episode. Wow! Ooh. Congrats! Yeah, yeah, that it's is really exciting. exciting. Yeah, you're uh, you're talking to a lot of fans of Magic Tavern over here. Cool. Um, awesome. And Star Trek. There's a lot of Star Trek fans. Yeah, too. we're on well, Voyager. Oh yeah, I'm I'm a huge Star Trek fan, but I I must admit I have not heard your your improv Star Trek podcast, and I've got to check that out. I didn't even uh, know that was a thing. Yeah, it's really fun. It's also about a half hour long. Uh, since it's been going on so long, I think we're at like episode 180 with like, wow. and that's doing an episode every other week. So there's also bonus stuff the weeks mm -hmm. in between. Uh, and the cast has changed a little bit over time, but uh, it's been kind of the same core people and uh, the people who we've added have been there for a long time now. So it's a fun crew. Um, it's a very silly uh, take on like things that you know and love and it's mm. done very lovingly. So it is comedy. Absolutely. It, we're okay. set in the next generation era, uh, but we're our own ship with our own characters doing our own thing. Chris Rathjen, who played uh, Baron Rangoon on uh, Magic Tavern, he plays Commander Corbamite B. Hayes. He is <laughs> our he is our Riker essentially, and his whole deal is like he went to school with Riker and wishes he was Riker. Okay. And, <laughs> and, oh, every, and everyone else in his family is an admiral. He's the only one that's not an admiral. So there's lots of like silly fun stuff like that, and we just have fun playing with the tropes of all kind of sci-fi and just sort of like uh, like messing around in that world. Wow. I yeah, just watched, it's great. I just watched that episode where they find Riker's, not clone, but how Riker was stranded on a planet through a transporter uh, mistake. You mean Thomas Riker? Thomas Riker, so now there's two Rikers. That yeah, episode yeah. was really good. It. I remembered it being dumb. It was really good. All they, of the Troy and Riker stuff. They considered, the writers considered killing off the real Riker and oh. replacing him with the new Riker. <laughs> that would have been amazing. No. But it but it was like, you know, it's early 90s. It yeah. was too big of a leap for that back then. Yeah. I, I think they just couldn't do it. But Thomas Riker does show up again on Deep Space Nine. You know, I was wondering about that. Like, I feel like I saw him again at some point and I couldn't yeah. place it. Okay. Because now I'm into yeah, Deep Space Nine again, so... Oh, don't worry. He shows up. He I'll shows see up. you, Tom Riker. We're watching Voyager and Barkley came back. Yes. And we had a good chuckle over that. We're like, <laughs> <laughs> we're like, what are you doing here? Uh, yeah, this, the USS Sisyphus is a ship full of Barclays, so you'll love it. <laughs> Excellent. Awesome. That's perfect. We yeah. have a long flight coming up, and now we know what to do with our time. Cool. Great. <laughs> so my brain couldn't help but drawing a line between you were talking about how you covered a uh, high school class election as if it were real news. Yeah. Which leads my brain to Election, which was an awesome movie. Oh, yeah. Starring Matthew Broderick, the star of the movie we'll be watching today, Lady That Hawk. was a great segue. You like yeah. that? <laughs> this is uh, part three in our Donner Party uh, section of our <laughs> podcast. We've seen Goonies. We've seen Lethal Weapon. Now we're on to Lady Hawk, directed by Richard Donner. And and Matt, you've, you've brought this movie to our attention. You wanted to watch this. This is a movie that, as a kid, I 
loved, and I watched it on HBO probably three dozen times, and I remember next to nothing about it. Mm. I know Michelle Pfeiffer's in it. I hope. That's right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I think she turns into a hawk. I think she is the lady hawk. I think you're right. I think you're right. That's, yeah. that's, sounds, that's, sounds right. That's literally everything I remember. That would make sense. <laughs> you, yeah. Unless <laughs> it's Matthew Broderick, I am the lady hawk. Lady hawk. <laughs> I love Richard Donner, and I'm such a fan of Richard Donner. However, you're telling me all new information about this movie. I didn't really. I've never seen it. What? And I, oh. everything you just said is news to me. Okay, great. Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure I've seen this, but I'm going to be honest. I thought when this was pitched that it was Hudson Hawk. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no. And I do very much. Very like, different. Would you like to sing on a star? <laughs> so I'm a little, I'm a little uh, thrown for a loop right now. Oh, uh, man. So. Uh. This is like me with the substitute when I thought Arnold Schwarzenegger was in the movie. And I was so excited. That's like and me then... with the substitute when I thought it would be like a movie people would want to watch ever. <laughs> I have this vision in my mind now of a very like stern, like short hair Bruce Willis with the words Lady Hawk underneath. (laughs) Yes. It's very weird. Okay, Brett, make it happen. So this is uh, Lady Hawk from 1985, directed by Richard Donner, as I mentioned. Um, And our stars are Matthew Broderick in his... it was second or third movie. Uh, he what? was in really? War Games. Yeah, War Games was 1983. He did a yeah, TV really movie. Early. Wow. And then he did this. This was 1985. Ferris Bueller was the very next year. Oh. Um, wow. Rutger Hauer, who clearly had done a ton of Dutch movies. Right. This was one of his first American movies, like his second American movie, something like that. And I don't even want to get into Rutger Hauer because he's got hundreds of things on his list. He's done so much both in the Netherlands and in America. But this is the height of Rucker Howard. This is, is also it? right around the same time as Blade Runner, Bla- right? Blade Runner was really? 82. Oh. So this but is it's three close-ish. years later, yeah. Okay. He never got better than this, though. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's done a ton of stuff. I don't know. Like, I feel like Blade Runner is his crowning achievement. It is all downhill from here. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, we've got Michelle Pfeiffer, as you mentioned, who... This was really her time, I think. So she came on the scene in Grease 2 and then Scarface in 83. Um, she was in Scarface? Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. Will the, you watch it? The main I never said no. love interest. No shit. I've never seen it. We should watch it for the podcast. Maybe. Yeah. I have also never seen Scarface. <gasps> you want to come long, back? It's a long, long movie. <laughs> oh, no. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. <laughs> But um, she did Witches of Eastwick a few years oh, later. Oh, yeah. And then she did three movies in 1988. Dangerous Liaisons, Tequila Sunrise, and Married to the Mob were all 1988. Yeah. Damn, she was Wait, busy. Wait, who Tequila was she Sunrise and Dangerous movie. Liaisons? Was if she... I've seen Dangerous Liaisons, it's been a very long time. Because Uma Thurman is kind of the main character, and Glenn Close. Okay. And then um, Malkovich Malkovich, isn't it? Malkovich? Yeah. <laughs> He's in it. And so I guess I won't talk too much about Richard Donner because we've talked about him so many times before. Um, But I'm curious because we've seen a variety. You know, we've seen Richard Donner comedy. We've seen Richard Donner action. And I don't know what to expect from this, but Hmm. I'm very optimistic with Richard Donner. A strange combination of both, I think. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So what what do we expect? So, Matt, you, you said you enjoyed it in your youth. You kind of remembered it. So why why Lady Hawk? Well, Ash recommended it. Uh, oh, I was sorry. I, <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Not earlier. so much that you chose it; you just approved it. I at first suggested Better Off Dead, which yes. I'm glad we're not doing because oh. I watched that every day for a summer between seventh and eighth grade, oh. and I know it. I know it perfectly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I'd much rather do this that I don't remember as well. Yeah. You know, when I heard Better Off, but have fond feelings for. <laughs> I, my wheels really started turning on that, and I think that would have been fun. Turns out it cannot be had except on disc. Oh, yeah. Like, what? you really can't get it in a digital yeah, it's media nowhere. Form. I searched no. all over, and it was funny because I, I was at the same time chatting both you and Brett, Nick and Brett, and you're both like, I can buy it on Blu-ray in the next two hours and have it shipped to my house. And I'm like, hold on, Matt hasn't confirmed that this we're doing yet. Hold on. Yeah. They're like so eager, like, I can do it. I can do it. Well, it's just like, either we do it in the next two hours or we do something yeah. else. Yeah, it's just like, just chill. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I felt I felt like this was more in, you know, keeping with the whole feel of the podcast of like, let's go back and see something we don't quite remember that's a little fuzzy that maybe is fonder in our memory than it is in yeah. actual practice. And it works. The experiment works better than, you know, because if you have it memorized, it's kind of like, well, yeah, I love this movie and I have nothing else to say, you know? <laughs> Yeah, we were talking about doing Hudsucker Proxy for New Year's, but we're like, oh, fun. don't don't we know that that's awesome? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, unequivocally, that is a terrific movie. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So yeah. not much conversation. We'd watch it and say, "Yep, still awesome." But that that means that that this though is our New Year's episode. Happy New yeah. Year! Happy New Year! <laughs> Surprise! Happy New Year, Nick. Well, it turns out Lady Hawk uh, takes place entirely during the New Year's. Aha. In this uh, fantasy New Year world. Just just headcanon that. <laughs> they just don't talk about it ever. <laughs> Fair enough. So what do you expect, Matt? Do you think this is going to be good? Are you going to waste everybody's time? What's going to happen? Nick! It's all on your shoulders now. I, I definitely think it's not impossible that I've wasted everyone's time. Uh, I hope that isn't the case. Uh, I do think that... We'll probably see, I think it could very easily be a mixed bag of like, there's like a core of a cool idea that they couldn't quite pull off because it's the early 80s. And also just some like weird, like early 80s fantasy. Like if you ever saw Excalibur where it's like, it's fantasy, but it's sexy and it's modern. And it'll be like, I feel like it might fall into that weird zone of like, there's a couple of uncomfortable scenes of like, mm, <laughs> we, this is not good anymore. We didn't see Excalibur, uh, but we did see Legend. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that <laughs> is oh the, God. they that will not sucked. let me live it down. I suggested it and everyone oh has been God. pissed at me ever since. I forgot so, all about Legend. There was Doesn't, like 10 minutes reasons. worth watching. Congratulations. It's Tom Cruise. Is he yeah. The yeah. Devil? No, no, Tim Curry. Tim Curry. Curry's the devil. Tom Cruise Tim is Curry. basically Link from Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, yes. you should oh really watch it again. But but definitely but don't. <laughs> definitely have some sort of toxins in your system, like alcohol yeah. or watch it with a group of people. Yeah. That's yeah. not a sober viewing. Make it a drinking game. I will definitely watch the trailer to that movie again. Yeah. Yes. There you yes. go. Yes. <laughs> or maybe just the part with Tim Curry. Yeah. I could watch that just again. Skip to the last fifteen minutes of the film. Done. Done. <laughs> So yeah, I li- like I said, I don't know what to expect. So I'm I'm not going to say much. I I really enjoy watching a movie knowing next to nothing about it. So that's that's where I am. Like I'm not sure you're going to like it. I don't know. I'm we'll not sure see. I'm going to like it either. <laughs> I like, don't know. I I do also think that Matthew Broderick, if I remember correctly, is funny in this movie, and I think yeah, I think I'm going to enjoy him if nothing else. Yeah, I mean, look at the ingredients. Like right. everybody we've talked about, I love, but somehow I'm not convinced this is going to be great. So <laughs> it'll it'll be interesting. I think it could be great. Yeah. So there's one factor that no one else has mentioned that I think is the wild card that is the thing that might possibly make this movie horrible is the music. I don't know if anyone remembers. It's amazing. So I, I, you remember, (laughs) yeah. So I remember loving this film as well. And the thing that I really remember is the very, very 80s music. So 80s. Hardcore 80s music is going to happen for sure. The whole film. Is it like pop music or is it like? It's like the 80s synth Yeah, synth. It's a lot of synth. It's uh, that's so it's what not I remember. A, it's not a classical score. No, not at all. Oh, <laughs> there's oh, no there's no, no arrangement. Yeah. It's just a synth. Yeah, that's very what I like, remember. Horribly 80s music is what I remember. So that's the thing that could be like the, the uh, I don't know, just turn a just turn samba on that Casio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the button's there for a reason. <laughs> right. Right. They must have made this preset because it sounded good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I I think I'm going to really like it. Sorry, I kind of jumped the gun because I'm just so excited about the fact that this 80s music could really... I think that's the thing that could make you hate it. <laughs> Wait, so what's what's that um, in Turbo Kid, that movie that you guys love, yes. has very synthy music. There were drums in that, though. 
Okay. It's very, and I'm not saying there isn't drums. I don't want to like throw that prediction out there. Stranger Things? Yes. But that's like a modern take on 80s music. This is like, this is like (laughs) the 80s music in Labyrinth that you hated. It's like that through the whole film. Stranger Things is like remembering what was good about 80s music. Yeah. Okay. It kind of reminds me of the the Mannheim Steamroller or whatever, you know, who do those cheesy like synth Christmas songs. Yeah. But they're trying to be fantasy. Yeah. Fantasy so, Christmas. <laughs> this is right in the you know the thick part of the spectrum where people are like, "Hey, synthesizers are way cheaper than hiring musicians." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Everybody likes this, right? It's the 80s. Yeah, and uh, then a few years later they're like, "Oh, this all sounds like garbage." Yeah. Yeah. But it was so cheap. But I think I'm going to like it. Uh, even if it does have cheesy 80s music, I think <laughs> it's just going to add to the hilariousness of, you know, I think this movie is either going to be really great or it's going to be really bad in all the right ways. <laughs> yes. I second wow. that. I I remember there was one other nugget that I think is interesting. So Tom Mankiewicz wrote the screenplay. Um, and so Tom Mankiewicz was the guy who wrote the screenplay for Superman but for some reason, they took the credit away from him, and he was credited as story supervisor. Hmm. There was that whole drama, one of many pieces of drama behind Superman. Because didn't Mario Puzo also have something to do with writing Superman? Yeah, Mario Puzo got the credit, but he didn't do much work. It was pretty really? much, yeah. It was more Mankiewicz than anybody else, but they had to take the credit away from him. It's it's crazy Weird. drama, yeah. Huh. Yeah, the first two Superman movies are just all behind-the-scenes drama. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, well, I love the super the first two Superman movies, so yeah. that's a good sign. Yeah, yeah. So with Mankiewicz writing this, that's that makes me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What What are you expecting, Sam? Um, I'm super excited. I think this movie, even though I think it came out a year before, wants to be the Princess Bride real hard and doesn't- It always comes back to Princess Bride. I know. It? <laughs> it's, that is like the quintessential amazing fantasy movie in my mind so it wants to be that really hard and i don't think it quite hits the mark but i think i'm gonna enjoy it because i really like bad movies so yeah some of us were recently at a wedding and i swear to god when when everybody comes down and they're standing there at the altar i was full-on expecting marriage (laughs) (laughs) well also you're forgetting to mention that we went to a wedding in colorado in the mountains in the winter as it's snowing it fucking felt like skyrim it was the most skyrim (laughs) wedding you could have (laughs) we seriously thought about asking our um officiant if he would do that and i think really should have i know marriage is what brings us together (laughs) today I know. I can't remember why we decided not to do it. I think he didn't know the reference or something. Oh, oh. yeah. Well, that's time for a new officiant. <laughs> no, we <laughs> like, out. Oh, I'm sorry. You must leave now. No. <laughs> what are you expecting, Brett? So, I know I've seen this, but I I can't remember anything about it. I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing Matthew Broderick look very befuddled and say, "I thought you were a lady." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think your wish shall be fulfilled <laughs> but that's that's all I got uh, I, I think it'll be good because Matthew Broderick right like yeah oh here's a fun game name a bad Matthew Broderick movie oh wait I just found one <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh yeah Godzilla oh, oh I like Godzilla, Godzilla. Yeah. like the one with the uh, the not the Green well, Day Godzilla yeah Green Day yeah okay <laughs> It wasn't a great movie. Well, I haven't seen it in a very long time, okay. so I'm not gonna like sit here and defend it. Yeah. <laughs> it could be bad. Yeah, he doesn't. It's he. He doesn't show up as often, and I feel like his hit rate's really high. Yeah, considering yeah. like he's not cranking out two movies every year. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do want to go back to Election because I remember that being fantastic. Election it really holds up. It's such a good movie. Uh, it's really smart. It's really awful and sad in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you're like, oh, all these characters are flawed in like the greatest way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he's really, really, really funny in it. Yeah. Weird thing about Matthew Broderick that I always think about it that blows my mind is the fact that he's married to Sarah Jessica Parker. I'm always like, that oh, is yeah. such a weird pair. Is I don't it? know. I don't know. For me, it's like a weird, huh. I don't know. 
I feel like yeah. they're perfectly New York. That's yeah. true. That yeah. seems pretty legit to me. <laughs> yeah. So what do you expect, Bryce? Oh, man, I don't know. This app came out for the iPhone, and I remember like everyone was really into it. And then Angry Birds the movie, like I just don't see how they're going to make a plot out of this. I haven't seen it, so. <laughs> All right, we'll see how it goes. Thanks, Bryce. <laughs> this is the movie that inspired the Angry Birds game. Which then inspired the Angry Birds movie. It's it's like the producers. It was a play, then a movie, then yeah, a play, yeah. then a movie. Right. Back exactly. and yeah. So we're going to rewatch Lady Hawk. Uh I forgot to check, but I think it's on Something. Something. <laughs> oh no. It is on iTunes it's and on, Google, but yeah. I don't think it's on Netflix or Hulu. Yeah. I rent I rented it from Amazon Video. There, there you go. go. Okay. So you might want to rewatch Lady Hawk and join us after and uh we'll see what we all think. No one fights like Gaston. No one lights like Gaston. No one fucks up day for night shots like Gaston. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. A plus. So I think we should address the elephant in the room. This movie took a lot from Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> there are just so many Fantastic Beasts and we learned yeah, where to find them. Two of them. <laughs> it's more like when to find them. So yeah, we just rewatched Lady Hawk. Uh, any any initial reactions there, Matt? Man, uh, apparently an eleven year old me thought that was like a rollicking, awesome like <laughs> adventure. Yeah, and it's it's pretty dark, and there's a lot of talk about God that I was like, wait, what? I don't remember this at all. In my head, it's all them like attacking him at the beginning and trying to get him off that roof that the whole movie's like that and them yeah. dancing in the barn and that's like it that's all you remembered yeah i was like <laughs> that oh that seems like the movie i remember but the rest of this seems really like kind of dark and sad yeah. <laughs> well, you know we've talked about this phenomenon like in our childhood there were a lot of movies that were on tv so we never saw the first 20 minutes of them oh, because you yeah, just yeah. kind of caught them in the middle Maybe that's the yeah. part you remember. He had the reverse. He only ever saw the first 20 minutes and then you'd change the channel maybe. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about the scene in the middle where he almost dropped her off the edge and the oh, soldiers were too. coming after them. I was thinking of the all the guards trying to catch him when he shows up with this obviously a fake bag of coins. Like <laughs> oh, yeah. there are no coins in that bag. Uh and he keeps like doing it and like, we get it. We get it. You don't have any money. Like you're not fooling anybody. <laughs> and the fact that that bartender even like takes that at face value of like, oh, he's shaking a bag at me. He must be rich. Great. Yeah. Get him whatever he wants. That's like the he, uh, robbing a bank with a gun in the shirt thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, You've shown me nothing, but I heard some jangling. Yeah. So let's go for it. All right. I forgot to check. I think that bartender was Richard Donner. Oh, really? really? That's funny. I, I'm I'm more interested in the other thing you, that you caught that I didn't even realize. That Alfred Molina was Cesar? Yeah, yeah. Did you notice oh, that? Oh, yeah. I did notice that. Yeah. I, it took me a minute to be like, I recognize that dude. I was like, oh, yeah, of course, Alfred Molina is being a creep. Yeah, he looked <laughs> a lot like he did. He was in the very, very beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, yeah. The guy who screws yeah. over Indiana Jones in that cave. And that's, yeah, that's what he impaled. looked like. Yeah. I just kept thinking... He looked like Bryce when Bryce's hair gets really long and your beard gets really long, and then you do like the crazy eye look. Do the crazy eye look, Bryce. It'll be for <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Great podcasting. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but my favorite part about that fight that you brought up is when he horseshoes some guy in the face. Oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. those look like they might have been like real horseshoes. Real horseshoes. Yeah, yeah. I like these <laughs> these unusual ways of fighting. I can't remember what it was, but we saw a movie recently where a guy picked up a guy and threw him at another guy. Oh, yeah. That was, was it Robin Hood Men in Tights? Because I'm pretty sure that happens. Turbo Kid? Yes. And it was <laughs> so kid. great. He just kid. threw a guy at a guy. <laughs> wow. He threw uh, half a guy at a guy. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, the thing that bugs me about fights like this is I, I don't know sword fighting. I don't know how to do that really. But I know when I see other people who don't know how to do it. Right. And it's yeah. obviously choreographed. It's so clear that yeah. like 
Why are there, and at the end, why are there like 17 people standing around watching this? That's okay. what yes. Brett said. Go ahead, why Brett. don't they get the hell out of there? Go call somebody. The bishop is just watching like stone-faced. It's so weird. And he, he didn't it, kill the other guards, and yet yeah. they just let him just throw a sword through the bishop. They're like, was, all right. I like in the beginning before he got in the castle and he just bitch slaps that guy and the rest of them are like, all right, all right, go ahead, go ahead. This is just a theory, but I think the issue with the swords is that all of these actors were struggling with the weight of these swords. Yeah. And didn't know how to deal with them. Some guy was just walking around with a sword just straight up in front of his face. Yes. That's the guy I was talking about. He didn't know how to deal with it. He like he like almost is leaning it on his shoulder like a baseball bat or something. Yeah. And I would think there must be prop swords, but these looked like they were struggling with very heavy yeah. hardware. Maybe they wanted it to be realistic. <laughs> I don't know. It screwed yeah, but that's when over. you spend guys, send guys to a camp for two weeks and go, you're going to learn how to deal with these swords. Yes. That's the deal. And it felt like they were like, here's your sword. Figure it out. <laughs> and and mostly you're probably going to like slap each other. My favorite is when you just <laughs> smacked the guy in the helmet as he's riding away yes, at the beginning yes. and just like whap uh, i was like that's great like uh rucker Hauer felt like he was the only one who knew what he was doing yeah. a lot of the time well speaking of which i am really blown away with rucker Hauer. and i think if you look at a dude who grew up in the netherlands who does american movies with a great accent and then you look at Schwarzenegger, who grew up in Austria and just didn't give a fuck about his accent. Like, this yeah. gives me so much more respect for Rucker Howard. He's fantastic, and he's a badass, and you can understand what he says. Although I think some of his lines were ADR. It sounded like some of them were not A lot captured. of the movie seemed to be ADR, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I, was like, I think he must have recorded this line in the studio after the fact. And I was wondering if, like, I was wondering if it was his accent or if it was, like, I think he's a very kind of like naturalistic actor. I don't wonder if a lot of his lines were like, I'm going to go and I'm going to save the lady, but like total mumblecore <laughs> stuff. It's like, uh, we want the audience to hear ASMR. you. ASMR. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was mostly bored though. Like it, it was, it was nice. It, it, it's not terrible, but I had the idea as I was watching it at the beginning, I was like, I kind of like that. They're not telling me everything, spelling everything out. And then there was a point where I was like, why is anybody doing these things? Why is who? Why is this bishop such? Why is he hanging people? Like, I guess because he's in love with Michelle Pfeiffer. Is he? I guess <laughs> that's interesting. Did I miss something? Yeah, that was literally oh yeah, the whole, that was the exposition that was the thing, thing that you were like exposition. Uh, yeah, the yeah, scene they started around the campfire where that guy explains how everything in the movie works. It's right, like, come on, you guys got to do a better <laughs> job of of giving us this information. When so we, maybe yeah, I just bored it out. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. When we sat down to watch this movie and I was like, two hours? What? And then halfway through the movie, I was like, this movie could have been an hour, mm. hour and yeah. a half. They could have cut a lot out of this. Yeah, this is a good 90-minute movie. Yeah. Uh, but I also, I, I, I'm going to stick by what I said beforehand. I think that there are some core things that I think are interesting and it actually made me think this is kind of a property that maybe somebody should make into like an updated like Ladyhawk franchise. Totally. Yeah. Where it's like awesome medieval ladies turn into different birds and like fight evil. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my God. Uh, I'll, I'll take it to Mattel. We'll make a toy line. <laughs> please do that. Please. <laughs> well, you know what I was thinking while I was watching this is it seemed like they something actually was taken from this and crammed into another movie which was uh, Matthew Broderick's uh, yes. mumbling to Narrative. himself thief is exactly the thief and the cobbler thief. Oh, huh. see, I was thinking somebody saw this movie and said Matthew Broderick narrating to himself is great. Let's make Ferris Bueller. Because doesn't he narrate to himself and Ferris oh, yeah, Bueller he too? Well, yeah, in Ferris, he, he talks to the camera, which is kind of, I, I see, yeah, kind of it's the same flavor. It's pretty close, yeah. But yeah, he was so Ferris in this movie. Yeah. Like, I just want to watch Ferris Bueller right now. <laughs> No, I was just funny because I, I, it's all done in the premise of him. Like, they sort of hint that maybe he's got a, he's the only one who has a real direct line to God. Yeah, that, that God talks to him, and that he is talking to God, which is very strange. Like, the religious implications of this movie are very unclear to me. Yeah, <laughs> like what what are they trying to say about? I mean, clearly because 
it has a huge part of the movie, you know, that this bishop like makes a pact with Satan essentially to turn these lovers into different animals, which isn't a great, if you're going to sell your soul to the devil, like <laughs> get some, get something better for it. Uh, yeah, it's very Greek uh, mythology. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's very odd though that like, I wonder why the religious theme was so strong yet didn't really like have a point that I could take away from it. You know, yeah, that's interesting. Well, I think it's, I think it's interesting that Matthew Broderick and even makes his comment that he talks to God. And I think that's hundred percent true. He does talk to God a lot. God never talks back. You know, yeah. it's just, he, I think that he's this special sort of insane that when you meet him in real life, it's really annoying. But when you play it as Matthew Broderick in a movie, it's kind of fun. Well, this watching this, I was thinking, like, I think Matthew Broderick is just an okay actor, but is really, really good at being Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, and there's a lot of people like that. Maybe a little bit uh, Michael J. Fox. You just really like watching them do yeah, that Yeah, because he's always Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Yeah. They're just so... Uh, uh, likable yeah but yeah there's just something about him that is is charming and charismatic that's the um, word charismatic but it, but it but it almost kind of takes you out of the world a little bit in this movie yes yeah you know it's a little distracting i also found michelle pfeiffer's nighttime 1980s sweaters and hair to be pretty distracting <laughs> yes <laughs> and I not particularly it. timeless uh <laughs> <laughs> I guess I They're stand like, alone as the only one who liked her hair. Yeah, I, I hated it. I liked it. Uh, I guess I, I liked I'm it not because say it was period accurate. Well, and it, the way it. It she was, looked different in every scene, though, too. Like that's true. There, there was, was some one scenes where it looked super eighties, where it's like feathered, and I was like, I get the inspiration. <laughs> They're like trying to make her look like oh, a hog. I get the inspiration, but then most of the time she just kind of looked like David Bowie rolled out of bed. Why didn't they just get David Bowie? I know. <laughs> <laughs> They did. It's called Labyrinth. He turns into a bird yeah. and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the owl. transformation scene looks exactly the same. Yeah. That was rough transformation. Oh, they were so bad. It's it's especially funny when you think about, like a long time ago, we watched American Werewolf in London. And that's oh, yeah. all about the transition from human to wolf. And mm -hmm. this, it's like weird. How about just uh, cut? How about we just cut and he's a wolf? All right, there we go. <laughs> I, it's like misunderstanding what's cool about the story. Yeah. Because it's like, running you, out have, of money. you have people turning into animals and then you have like some shitty love story. But I want to see like what the, show me the magic. And they're just like fading it. There was a serious lack of magic for this being mm. a story all about magic. Yeah. Like, like Ash had called out at the scene where the spell was broken. There is nothing visual to tell you that the spell was broken and that yeah. that other dude had to call it out yeah. like it's over now. Not even music, which I guess yeah. might have been a gift. <laughs> I, I I think too, like I think there's I think you can go two ways with it. I think you go really big with like visual magic transformation and kind of the American werewolf in London approach where it's like we're gonna focus on like this awesome thing we can accomplish technically. Or you do it really subtle, which I think is what they were going for, but then it always took too fucking long. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was like, if you want it to be subtle, make it, like, quick and, like, cut away and, like, did it happen? What happened? Mm -hmm. Like, leave some mystery to it. So maybe uh, the plan was to do it really subtle, but the editor tried to get clever with the footage. Yeah, I think no, they something shot, weird happened. I've they shot a, shots for that montage of... Yeah. I've got a subtle rebuttal for you, <laughs> uh, which is what the hell were they doing in that pit they dug in the ground? And like, what was that acid trip of a transformation? There's sequence? a handful of things in this movie that just don't make sense. It was very weird. Yeah, I did not understand the plan. Somehow, I guess they were going to delay him a day and show that he could see her or something. I, I, I just I guess. Yeah, I assumed all of that. There's nothing that clarifies that in the film. It's funny because there's like so much exposition about them turning into animals and so much exposition about their love story and so much talking about that, that there's all these other details that just kind of like, we don't get any explanations about yeah. for some reason. Well, from a storytelling standpoint, like there's a lot of 
possible conflicts for them to face trying to get to this city where all the guards are looking for them. But the conflict they chose to like focus on is that the guy doesn't believe yeah. that it's real. Like that's a boring thing. I like okay with that. Uh, I like that conflict because it's like, you know, you must have faith. It's going to happen. But on the other side, it's like, what you're describing doesn't make any sense. But we're- they played that note twice. Like there yeah. were like several scenes of him being like, I don't believe you. And it's like, okay, we just needed one, you know? Well, yeah. I was also okay a little grumpy that nobody knew what an eclipse was. Like they, <laughs> they happen. Yeah, they do happen, but I don't know that they've got an understanding. It's like at that point, it might have just been God was angry that one day. And so, <laughs> like the- and, and keep in mind, most eclipses are not full eclipses. The way that one was, I True. I buy the shaky understanding of eclipses. I do this, too. You're picture. the only one. I just with the I just problem. wanted him to be like, you know, not be so cryptic with it and be like, "Yo, the moon's gonna pass in front of the sun." Like we've seen that it happens. No, it's gonna happen in like three yeah. days. God told me. That's a problem with a lot of stories. It's like <laughs> you could elaborate on this thing you're thinking about, and then all the confusion would go away. Well, clearly this movie illustrates, if anything, about religion that God's an asshole. So <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't have given much description, Brett. As, yeah. Well, he's snarky. He's he's uh yeah. friends with with Matthew Broderick. <laughs> Thundering yeah, all the time. There was another like weird shaky story element of like Rutger Hauer being previously part of the captain of the guard. Yeah. And yeah. so like he comes up and he first saves Matthew Broderick out of nowhere. And and at yeah. first I'm like kind of intrigued. I'm like, oh, is he a good guy? Are his intentions good? I don't really remember. Uh and he's kind of like in a classically like almost Darth Vader-ish yeah. armor, you know? Like, you're like, oh, he might be up to something bad. Uh, and I totally forgot that he transformed into a wolf. I totally remember that Michelle Pfeiffer changed into a hawk. <laughs> had zero recollection of him becoming a wolf. Uh, but in that moment, he, like, sees them, and they, like, they recognize him, and they have a little bit of banter, terrible banter. <laughs> and then one, And then one guy sees him and goes, Captain. And it's like, they're friends, and he pushes him onto the sword. <laughs> He yeah, like kicks yeah. the guy onto swords so Rucker Howard kills him. And you're like, do I care about that guy? Does Rucker Howard care about that guy? Yeah. Do they have some history that like I'm supposed to take from this like two word exchange? In his defense, Rucker Howard did look really disappointed that he died. He played the shit out of it. The thing that didn't make any sense to me is then the other guards, after seeing the guy who pushed the other guard into him, all like go to fight him. And it's like, if I was one of the other guards and I just saw that dude kill the other dude, I'd be like, fuck you. Jeff, what the fuck? Yeah, right? <laughs> like, there's no way I would be on the other dude's side. Yeah, so it was like, I guess everyone like actually liked Rutger Hauer, but like were afraid of the other guys. I guess. kind of what they're... I, yeah. I guess that kind of at. explains why nobody attacked him in the, the cathedral, maybe. Yeah, but put that in the movie. Pretty murky. Yeah, yeah we, we can make murky. up these theories, but put it in the movie. But Nick, 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 we really need to explain why they transform <laughs> and their whole love story. That that's the most important thing. Yeah, you know, they love I each need, other. So I need much. more close-ups of eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and feathers and, and really and, bad filters and more day to night shots. Yeah, yeah, and day to night, so night again shots. <laughs> uh, so one thing that's really interesting, though, that hearing you talk about. Um, that he showed up looking all evil the first time. Uh, I wonder if that's why they played all of that really rad synth heroic horse music over the villains for the first half of the movie. Oh, like Rutger were they, Hauer's the bad guy. Were they going for a Rutger Hauer's the bad guy, and then you find out he's the good guy, and then the soundtrack flips by the end? Yeah, because that's what happened, but it really didn't play. Yeah, I feel like yes, the the synth music was horrifying, and I kind of feel like like two thirds through the scoring session, they just had a very serious talk. <laughs> the end of this movie really switched to a more traditional yeah. fantasy type score. Hey, listen. It's like, Alan, go home. You're drunk. <laughs> we know you love that preset, but please, we need something different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The music right from the very get go, I was like, oh, no. Yeah. It's going to be a little huh? much. It's going to be a little much. 
Well, and again, sort of just distracting and pulls you out of the world. Exactly. Yeah, they ruined it, no small number of scenes with I the mean, soundtrack. It didn't help that their mixing was so shitty. Like parts where the music was like supposed to be low, it was loud. And parts where music maybe should have been loud, it was really quiet. Like when they were dancing in the barn, like they're yeah. dancing to faint music way off in the background. Like as an audience, we're supposed to care that they're happy. Like what? It made me very happy that Star Wars came out like seven years earlier. Yeah. Because <laughs> if Star Wars had come out like four years later, it probably would have been all synth. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Good. Oh, and that true. would have been awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm saying is this movie's as good as Star Wars. The music just fucked it up. Now I want to like rescore Star Wars with cheesy 80s music. Yeah. Or rescore this with a better score. And I think. This did it would help because a lot. of the score. Yeah, yeah, it could. It would I make mean, a huge difference. It, also, cut a half hour out of it. Yeah, yes. at least the music like made me not bored slightly because it was true. like you had hilarious. something to laugh at. Yeah, <laughs> so, I think that's a great point. That mostly it was just boring. Yeah, like, you know, like I there's was, just not much happening. I don't think I was as bored as everybody. Like I, I spent the whole movie thinking I should be more bored than I am. Now, if I was ever in the position that to watch seems like this, the most bored you can be. <laughs> well, no, it's if like you're, th- I, if you're I was, thinking like, man, I could be more bored. How much <laughs> more bored can you be? I, I feel like if I was subjected to this a second time, it would suck. Oh. But yeah, yeah, I was able to hang on and be like, okay, that's I'm that's right. You're the only one who hadn't seen this. Yeah, so that's, that's why you uh, were the. That's why you, you are go. the comic of the dog sitting in the burning house and just like this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this synapses were breaking in your brain. You're like, I've never experienced this, and this can't be a thing. This must be interesting, then. Yeah. (laughs) So, Sam, I want you to elaborate on a a, a thing that you said that we all enjoyed, and I wrote down. (laughs) You said, wow, Lord of the Rings really changed the game. (laughs) (laughs) Are you saying that every fantasy movie before Lord of the Rings was just garbage? I'm saying, not everyone, but I'm saying in the 80s, fantasy was big. And all of the 80s fantasy movies, with the exception of Princess Bride, had this sort of cheesy feel where they were like, well, nobody wants to see an old medieval thing, so let's throw some modern music in here. And because it's nights, like people will watch it. Oh, let's throw some boobs in there. And like... (laughs) <laughs> they, yeah, that's especially true. Or Christopher Walken, or Christopher. One of the yeah, and so I feel like Lord of the Rings when Peter Jackson did it was that in the two thousands? Yeah, yes, like I feel like it was one of the first fantasy films since the eighties that actually took itself seriously and like had a real score, had real cinematography, took its time. And like really crafted a great story as opposed to just trying to woo people with this is fantasy. And so I feel like that changed audiences perceptions of fantasy and that kind of led way to Game of Thrones and like. So in that context, uh, describe the Hobbit movies. <laughs> oh. Okay. Hobbit movies exist in a different plane <laughs> in that they're the Hollywood sort of this previous you know property made lots of money so we must make more so we can make more money no matter how tired the director is yeah because now i I think sam has a good point though that you know there's i'm sorry to keep bringing up star wars but if you think about like science fiction pre-star wars i i remember in college going to see logan's run in the theater there was like a re-release and it won the special effects oscar or whatever equivalent it was at the time in 1976, the year before star Wars and the beginning of it literally opens with a miniature train. Oh God. Like, like in somebody's basement, like yeah. it for that's supposed to be this futuristic city. <sighs> it is awful. And when you think about that and then somebody the next year went and saw star Wars and we're like, how, how did they do that? Yeah. Like it was magical. And I think Lord of the Rings did that same thing for fantasy. Mm-hmm. Cause I think, I think you're 100% right. I think you look at like Excalibur, Ladyhawk, Willow, you know, like yeah. it, uh, even like young Sherlock Holmes kind of has some of that like weird stuff in it with like the the uh, glass, uh, stained glass thing that comes alive. Uh, 
there was like a weird like fantasy thing that wasn't fully formed yet. Yeah. And I think post Lord of the Rings, like it just raised the bar on everything across the board. Mm-hmm. I mean, those Hobbit movies are boring, but they're <laughs> produced a lot better than any any of this stuff. Yeah, for sure. Now, one one thought that I have about that is uh, the fantasy where they have the soundtrack that doesn't fit Knight's Tale. <gasps> I love Night's oh. Tale. Yeah, that really worked. Yeah. yeah. And Did it, it? it was risky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I haven't seen it in a long time. Oh, man. No, that was great. And is that just the difference of just people knowing what they're doing? I think I think that the people who made Night's Night. Tale took the same risk as the people who made Lady Hawk. And when you make a bold risk, sometimes you shit the bed and sometimes it's awesome. (laughs) But they, okay, so Knight's Tale did something a little different. They didn't take what was hot music then. They took pop music from the past that they knew had staying power. Rock music. What? Yeah. Rock music, not pop. Yeah, but music that was already established in our hearts is stuff that we love. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I will say at the time, I don't know if you guys remember, but at the time, Knight's Tale was heavily criticized for doing yeah. so. Yeah. I, I remember being the only guy who liked Knight's Tale. Yeah, I liked it too. And I and I disagree a little bit. I don't think Lady Hawk was trying to take the exact same risk. I think they were trying to have their cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. I think they're tr- mm-hmm. it's like because it's kind of got these heroic score elements to it, but they're doing it in a synth fashion. So they're kind of like straddling the fence mm-hmm. of like if it had just been like awesome 80s rock music, I think that might have been better. You yeah. know, like yeah. if it was like Give me an example. <laughs> uh, if this if this movie was entirely journey songs, like oh, that might be kind me. of great. <laughs> yeah. Oh my Don't God. stop believing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that might be cool. That might be like more like Flash Gordon and Queen yeah. or something. You, you know? know, where it's like there's a specific sound, they made a really specific choice. And I feel like this is like well, we want to have like a heroic score, but we want it to sound modern. So let's like throw some guitars in, but they're still trumpets. Yeah. Well, they did so. kind of do that. They did hire Alan Parsons. Yeah. Who, yeah. you know, he was an 80s rock guy. You uh, know? Wait. I did notice that, but it didn't really come through as like a fully formed like yeah. concept or something. Yeah. Yeah. The movie that was trying to do the same exact thing as Knight's Tale, but failed was Marie Antoinette. I never saw that. Oh, I never saw that one either. But with I do remember Kirsten the trailer. Yeah. yeah, it's not good. <laughs> the trailer made you know, all of us not want to see it. <laughs> but in defense of what you're saying, Matt, Highlander. Oh. They yeah. put all oh, those yeah. Queen songs yeah. into it, and that shit worked. Yeah. And it was yeah. risky. So what you're describing So just always use Queen. Exactly. Lesson good. Is there a pre-Lord of the Rings fantasy movie that is actually holds up or is like charming enough because of its time. I've been thinking about this and I (gasps) I do think Dragonheart really stands Mm -hmm. and really works, but it's such a small movie. It doesn't resonate with a lot of people, Mm. but I think Sean Connery is a dragon. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Oh God. I need to watch it again. (laughs) And it's, it's just one tiny notch below the visual effects of Jurassic Park. It was about the same time they did some of the same techniques, but not quite as good as Jurassic Park. It's interesting, though. You say that, but have you seen it recently? Like, yeah, I haven't. Do you haven't. think it would hold I, up? I, I think it would be interesting to see, to go through the It's on our list. But I, I remember it being, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Because Jurassic Park it. holds up surprisingly well for being yeah. as old as it is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Jurassic Park's still really great. Yeah. yeah, and we've seen it on the big screen since, and it totally holds up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a great, like, fantasy film prior to Lord of the Rings that isn't animated. I mean, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, my answer would be Labyrinth, just because I fucking love Labyrinth. But and and there's a lot of good stuff in Labyrinth. Yeah, but again, David it, Bowie. So you know, there you yeah. go. You just it throw David a, Bowie or Queen into a fantasy. But movie. I think that's a different a different. Is it fantasy? a different genre? Yeah, it is. It's like. I yeah. think that is a yeah. It's fantasy. not. It's not like classic. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like classic high fantasy, like mm-hmm. Tolkien high fantasy. Yeah. I've never seen it, but what about like the original Errol, F- Errol Flynn Robin Hood? I've heard from several people that it holds up. Mm. I've never seen. I guess that I either. think of those more as adventure movies too. True, nothing really magical about them. Yeah. True, you know, there isn't like a fantasy world where things are different. Yeah. It's just like he's like an awesome dude. Yeah, you know what? One I feel <laughs> kind of holds up. Um, it was a mini series, and it had the 
Sam uh, from Jurassic Park. Sam Neill. Sam Neill. And he played Arthur. And King it of the had Britons. Merlin. Got it. Merlin. Thank you. Oh, Merlin. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That was good. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. So there was stuff that was good, but it's like, it's hard to go back and look, I think, without thinking of that lens of like how Lord of the Rings like really raised the bar yeah. in so many ways. And I feel like Lord of the Rings also really um, gave like a big scope, you know, not only through the storytelling. And how many characters, but also through the way it's shot with these big sweeping yeah. cinematic shots. Yeah. And that was something I felt this movie really lacked. Like it didn't really have a lot of scope and it felt very like, hmm. like there's like literally like five characters through yeah. the whole movie. Like, come the on. It felt very small. Yeah, yeah. It didn't build the world as a believable place. Like, like how, uh, how like convenient is it that the other character that we meet is the priest from the story? You know, like, come on, you know, like let's have some more characters. So, hypothesis. Mm -hmm. Westerns and fantasy movies require huge scope. Yeah. yeah. I think I would agree. Huh. Because I think... Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it... It is accurate to the type of story you're telling because you're telling a fantasy story. You have to have a big world with a lot of lore, which is something Magic Tavern, you guys do very well, is you you have a big scope. You know, there's a lot of different characters, a lot of different lore, and that's what Lord of the Rings does well. And same with Westerns, you know. Though there are Look, Westerns, like, how about... Luckily, we don't have to show you what any of it looks like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I can simplify this concept, uh, though, is uh -huh. uh, it, what it needs is characters with their with personal motivations. Well, yeah. Because yeah. nobody oh, in this movie... movie. <laughs> yeah. Nobody in this movie had any motivation of their own outside of the main love story plot. That's Not even true. Matthew Broderick. He got out of jail and then was like, I guess I'm with you now. Like, yeah. That, that was perfect Matthew Broderick impression. <laughs> <laughs> that was like spot on. It was also very odd to me that they made such a huge deal about catching this guy who was like a pickpocket essentially. Yeah. I know it's supposed to be like this. He says, no one's ever escaped from yeah. here. And we have to make people be afraid. And it's like, wouldn't you just like brush it under the rug or like, wouldn't you. Like when people die in Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Exactly. Oh. Nick. Like why. What? <laughs> Why, when they confront him at that weird outside bar, why don't they just walk up to him and slit his throat? The one guy like pulls his sword back like he's gonna like chop his head off. It's just like stick a oh. knife into his stomach and be done with it and walk away. That shot like, was one of my favorites. Scale. That dude reeled back, had all this strength, started swinging towards him, got hit by the crossbow bolt, and then just fell apart. Just loses like, momentum. If he had the inertia of that swing, he would have just continued even if he was hit by the bolt. But nope. He just that fell was, apart. Not to mention that that's the dumbest way to kill somebody with a sword <laughs> like that. Like, <laughs> like reeling back and like really like you're doing way too much work, dude. Yeah. Uh, like just like, like pull that thing right across his neck, <laughs> put it right into his stomach. You don't, you don't have to like, yeah, you're not swinging for the fences. Well, Very we, weird. As we yeah. said, clearly no one has sword expertise. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's not piss off Matt because he seems to know a little too much about how to yeah. kill a guy with a sword. <laughs> <laughs> we need to be careful. Uh, so an interesting thing that because I was researching, Sam was wondering while we were shooting, while we were watching the movie, if they like actually shot a hawk because it looked <laughs> looked pretty convincing. Pretty convincing. The one special effects shot in the movie yeah, that, that sold me. And one thing I found out through the trivia page on IMDb is apparently Warner Brothers tried to falsely market this movie as being based on a true medieval legend and what? got sued <laughs> <laughs> by by the medieval by Edward committee? Karma <laughs> took issue with this to the Writers Guild Association and was awarded a cash settlement from Warners, but the medieval legend claim wasn't dropped. Weird. Wow. Who's going to believe? No, 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 no. There really was a lady who turned into a hawk, guys. Who's going to claim harm by that? I, I like, don't know. Why would anyone get money for that? That's like yeah. claiming <laughs> your movies based on like a really old lie and then somebody being like, no, well, no. Then I give also you from Fargo. a marketing, but from a marketing point of view, why is somebody go? Oh, that's a real old legend. Yeah, exactly. Now I want to see it. It's not a legend you just made up now. It's from six hundred years ago. Fuck, we got to see this movie. 
seriously. Cindy, get in the car. We're going now. If you remember, Fargo begins with a title card that says, based on a true story. And it's just not. Really? Yeah. So nobody ever gave them shit about that. That's weird. But I think that's... I think that's them making a very specific choice and not trying to trick you. I think yeah. that's them. Except I was reality. I watched Fargo and I was furious because I was like, "Why would they make a movie about this this family's tragedy?" Like oh, I yeah. thought it was in very bad <laughs> well, taste. Chainsaw Massacre. But I think that's the point. I think they're trying Good to point. make that point a little bit of like. I, I think part of yeah. that is supposed to be like we, we look at ugly things and we kind of make we put them up on a pedestal and for our ways. own enjoyment yeah, yeah that's a good point i love the idea of everyone in north dakota seeing that title card and being like yep okay <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh totally yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i just want to point out the uh the the love story that nobody noticed here there's a producer laura Schuler donner who produced a lot of movies that we love and she was credited in this movie as Laura Schuler, which means this is the movie where Laura Laura Schuler and Richard Donner met Aww. and hooked up and Aww. fell in love. So there is a in, endearing love story here. And so, and we all know that wolves and hawks mate for life. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just totally why gross. Is, why is that gross? Because a wolf and a and a hawk. You know mating? that's not Who, what that's he's saying. Who tested you know this? that. What what wolf and hawk environment are they are they watching for this? That is not what the sentence structure also, is saying. You guys think Rucker Hauer fucked that bird? Ew, <laughs> Nick, take it back. You can edit that out if you want. Uh, I I was more curious about why Rutger Hauer would know that. <laughs> oh, interesting. Well, yeah. he watches, I immediately he watches thought, like, Richard Attenborough. He wouldn't know that. Movies. <laughs> He calls up Richard Attenborough. Rich, I've got a question. Hey, uh, this is Rucker Hauer. Um, I uh, I got turned into a wolf and my girlfriend <laughs> got turned into a hawk, and we can't see each other anymore. I was wondering, like, it's interesting that you, you work in a science lab. Do you know how like wolves and hawks mate? Do they mate like they just take on lots of other like? She's just gonna go fuck a bunch of other hawks, right? You know what they mate for life? Oh, cool, awesome, we're good. You know, that make any sense at all? Also, wolves, where is he getting that information? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wolves do not mate for life. Like they're pack animals, so there's like an alpha male that gets to mate with all the ladies. Like I was just gonna say, I wonder if it's like not even true. It's just complete bullshit. They made up nothing story. about this movie. Was not, I don't know. Although they did do a new study of wolves, and they think that the alpha male <laughs> thing. Now I'm, I'm remembering. <laughs> I read this. <laughs> they found that packs are actually families. So maybe they do. Packs. I don't know. I could have just Actually, so they're in last month's issue of the Journal of Medical Science. There was a <laughs> animal science. Get it right. This this has been Wolf Facts with Sam. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So all right, Sam, give us your final thoughts. Boing! It had so much potential. I want to see a new version of this, cooler and less boring with story and special effects. You and cinematography in Hollywood. So like everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's my final assessment. What do you think, Brett? Yeah, I had a lot of thoughts about this that reminded me of, I, I believe, the review that I gave of Legend, which was, uh, this movie sucked, but uh, <laughs> what it, what was great about it was Matthew Broderick, and he didn't have nearly enough like FaceTime. Like he was in a lot of the movie, but it was not about him. And I yeah. want I want I want Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's what John Hughes said. <laughs> they, I want a movie with just that kid. Just that kid. And they didn't even use his talents. Like he was supposed to be this thief and like they hardly even used his talents to like their potential and instead it was like his talent was reduced to swimming underwater. Like that's not very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So anyway, that's it. It sucked, but Matthew Roderick was fun. <laughs> what do you think, Ash? I did not like it as much as I remembered. I uh, I enjoyed the ridiculous 80s music and the ridiculous like weird filter strip of red that they had across the whole film of like gradiated red. But um, yeah, I was just bored. I feel like there's so much more potential that's untapped that could be. But I did really like the two 
love actors. Wolf and Hawk. The two love actors. The two love, love actors. actors. The, the wolf and the hawk were your favorite. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, the screenplay. Now enter two love actors, much in love, uh, very passionate. It kind of feels like what half the film was, though. And Matthew Broderick has to keep convincing them that they're in love, too. Hey, just so you know, she said this, even though she didn't. She loves you, JK. And there's om- there's almost a love triangle, but there's not. Yeah. 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 That might be like, the best scene in the movie, though, when the hawk flies over to Matthew Broderick. And that, like, was uh, that was loaded, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I, I'd like to imagine that that was just a mistake. Like, on set, the hawk landed on Matthew Broderick, <laughs> and they played it out. That would be great. Well, to just continue keep, with animal going. facts. Just keep going, improvise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to continue with animal facts, apparently there were three hawks <laughs> used in the movie. <laughs> and one of them liked the two of them uh, made it for life and one just got yeah. left out in the cold <laughs> yeah one of them liked Edgar so much that they couldn't use him anymore because the hawk would like fluff his feathers and get like all happy around him well you know there were actually two Rutger Howers Rutger okay yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Rutger there you go one got very sleepy halfway through the day so they'd switch to the other Rutger Howers. oh yeah so yeah, I, I think I enjoyed this just one degree more than everybody else, and it's probably because I hadn't seen it before, but I wasn't as bored as I should have been, but I don't think I ever want to see it again. Yeah. What do you what do you think? What do you got? What are your th- final uh, thoughts, Matt? Final thoughts. Um, I think Brett really hit on the real core problem here, because you've got a great cast. You have some cool, maybe, concepts, potentially, but nobody had any motivations to actually do anything. And I think if you like wanted to like either remake this movie now or fix this movie back then, like if you just think a little bit more about like what each person does and then someone else made the point of like, uh, um, not being able, uh, not using Matthew Broderick's like thief skills. I think you have to oceans 11, the end of it a little bit of like, Everybody does the thing that helps them do the thing, you know? Uh, everybody gets to use their special talent, you know? And, like, like you break that window out and you see the eclipse. Why not have the hawk fly in and churn into her? I was know? expecting like, yeah. like, you want to see some, like, you just needed to get pumped up with a little bit more action and, like, excitement. Um, so, ultimately, yeah, boring. I, there's still a little part of me that's, like, I think there's, like, some cool concepts kind of, buried in the rough yeah i love the concept of the two lovers that can never see each other because one's alive in the day one's alive at night the sort of stuff you would never get this drama without sci-fi or fantasy i know i think there's a little nugget there yeah totally yeah i remake it somebody remake it make it cool what'd you think bryce Uh, nick i was on the other side of the coin from you i had never seen this and i was so bored I could I could barely force myself <laughs> to watch this. You left. I did halfway through. I, 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 I literally could not make it through this movie. This was on par with Legend for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So that is Lady Hawk. Thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, I uh, I hoped it wasn't too painful for you. And thanks for joining us, Matt. Um, we we can always check you out on many many podcasts. Uh, so. Um, Magic Tavern, The Probe, uh, is it Improved Star Trek? Improvised Star Trek. Improvised Star Trek. Yeah. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you're going to be on an upcoming episode of Comedy Bang Bang? Uh, it actually dropped already. So oh. it came out like a couple Thursdays ago, uh, much to my surprise too. <laughs> so <laughs> Very quick uh, you can go back and listen to that, uh, that episode of Comedy Bang Bang uh, that has myself and Arnie and Adel all from Magic Tavern on there as our characters from the Magic Tavern. Oh, excellent. Uh, transported oh, into the Earwolf Studios. Oh, man. Uh, I just want to see how one Scott Ackerman responds to that. <laughs> it's it's pretty fun. It's a good yeah. time. Yeah. And did yeah. you want well, to do you so much. A- Twitter that you wanted to shout out or anything? Oh yeah, you can always follow me at More People Happy, uh, which is my own personal Twitter account. Uh, which uh, I someone hacked my account at one point and changed oh, no. it to that handle, and I just kept it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jokes on you! I like it better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and you can always follow uh, the exploits of Usador uh, at Usador the Blue on Twitter. Now you got to change um, it to the lighter blue. 
<laughs> no, you didn't uh, listen to the new no, episode. No, no, just I just he just washed his clothes. <laughs> yeah. just, like, that's all that happened. Um, yeah. Uh, so please, yeah, follow me on Twitter. Hello from the Magic Tavern. Uh, Improvised Star Trek and the Probe. And awesome. thank you, Nick, Sam, Ash, Brett. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, uh, we Bryce, loved having you I like, on. I like your feet. I like your little socks right there. I want to try to uh, tickle your feet. <laughs> uh, it's been a really fun time, and thanks for making me watch Lady Hawk again. Well, thank, <laughs> you. thank you. Thanks for being on. All right. Well, uh, if you guys like the show, uh, this is part of the Last Stash Network of content. We have this show, a YouTube channel uh, with a drinking show, Let's Drink, with me and Ash getting super drunk. Yep. Um, and a cooking show and some video game parodies. Um, all that stuff. All, all those things. All those things. And you can follow Laugh Stash on um, YouTube. We're Laugh Stash TV. We're at Laugh Stash TV on Twitter. You can also follow this podcast at Let's Rewatch on Twitter. And if you follow us, we do fun stuff like tweeting pictures of the movie that we're watching currently. We ask people to guess it. And this time, oh my God, so many people got it right. <laughs> so Sleepy Gary got it right first. Oh, that's the best handle. <laughs> Mitchapedia. <laughs> Ken also got it right. Um, Gam Aaron. Lots of people. Christopher Taylor. Jamie Croc. Uh, several other people, so many that it's actually kind of hard to name you all. There were so many people, so thank you for guessing the movie correctly. But, um, yeah. So follow us on Twitter, and if you have movie suggestions, please tweet at us and send us your suggestions. Hopefully we'll be getting to a few suggestions soon. Alright. Loved it. Hated it. Review it. iTunes. <laughs> Google Play. Wow, that was great SEO. Just the keywords. <laughs> yeah, good job. <laughs> I, I always fuck up my lines, so why not just simplify that shit? I've been thinking about this for weeks. Okay, I got it this yeah, time. I did. On my drive to work every day for three hours, I think about that rewrite. <laughs> so we're going to do this every two weeks. Make sure your subscriptions are up to date and join us again next time. Yeah, next time we're going to watch Kid Poker. Okay, that could go so many places. <laughs> That's, That's the not guy who okay that. Is that. Is that a real movie? <laughs> <laughs>